When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Do Big Things Podcast, where we want to inspire you to do big things. This podcast is brought to you by Big Things Crewing, a service for ultra runners from beginner to elite. Not only can we get you trained up, but we can also crew you into the finish line. Find us at big-things-crewing.com. Now, here is your host, Adam McRoberts. good life is good that's awesome i love to hear it yeah um thanks for taking the time to do this man i know you were out in the mountains playing around today what have you been up to uh we climbed Keweenaw this morning me z and another buddy matt and then yesterday we climbed the grand um the day before that another pretty big run so just kind of playing around in the tetons for a few days nice nice yeah. uh where are you living these days I'm still in Breckenridge home base, but okay. I've been kind of just all over the place for yeah. summer months. Um, I've been in Salt Lake probably at least three weeks out of the summer so far. Um, for sure. So I'm based in Breck still, but kind of just bouncing. Okay. Yeah. I saw you were all over the place. I didn't know if you moved. Nope. No moving yet. Just <laughs> when I'm in my truck, I guess I'm moving technically, but. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, Mountains. cool, man. Um, how's the summer going, brother? going great man uh gotten a couple good projects put in the works and then you know first project of the summer that yeah i guess i've put up two fkts uh technically established one on the double whirl if you know that's like a new route i guess for somebody that wants to go do it a lot faster than me <laughs> <laughs> but uh got one awesome fkt up in idaho at the beginning of summer um a lot of snow travel on that one which is sick and then I went for another one over in Summit County Fair Play area. Um, got shut down about three fourths of the way through due to bonking really hard and not being able to outrun the storms. Yeah. So uh, learned a lot of lessons during that, and then applied those lessons in the double world, and you know put those lessons to life. And so now I know what to do better and you know differently when nice. I do it again. Hopefully in the next two weeks. Sweet, sweet. Well, yeah. you're learning from your mistakes, which is. A big part of this whole journey, I know, man. Yeah. Um, and the double whirl—that sounds freaking crazy. <laughs> I mean, from what I understand, a single is a huge endeavor. Um, yeah. I, I mean, it's it's you know, quote unquote, only thirty miles, right? But uh, it's yeah, it's, it's like thirty-four, thirty-six, depending on which way you go. It kind of okay, okay. And it's—is it shaped like a horseshoe or is it a full loop? Yeah, it's a horseshoe. Okay. Okay. The so trails you, are probably like a mile and a half or two apart from each other. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's easy for crew, I guess. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, um, well, I want to hear about it, dude. Um, and it sounds, but it sounds like you're digging into the FKTs. Are you leaning more towards FKTs over races or yeah. how are you sitting? 
Yeah, man, racing's kind of not my thing right now. Like, I'm running the Circuit Series races because they're fun. The community's great. I really enjoy being around the people out there. And, like, a quick, you know, fast six to seven mile run with 3K birds, always a good time, you know, especially when I can go fast. But really, I've been, haven't really been training or focused on those, kind of just doing those as free time and then doing these bigger missions out in the mountains, like FKTs and stuff like that, as pretty much my thing now you know i'm really diving into like the big mountain link ups and stuff like that the longer distance high elevation big vert you know big miles that's kind of been my jam yeah yeah well it's funny i just talked with uh travis soars uh yeah. yes, yesterday i believe that podcast just oh, came nice. out today and uh he um it sounds like you and him both have been talking with uh, Jason Hardrath and Jason uh-huh. has been encouraging both of you guys to do these big link ups and these big FKTs. And yep. as I mentioned on that podcast, he's like the king of FKTs. He's got over a hundred of yep. them. And uh-huh. uh, it's just so cool that, that he sees you guys and sees what you're up to and then reaches out and encourages you guys to go do your thing. And he'll come up with ideas and strategize yep. and plans and, to me yeah, that's just really cool man. he's yeah. a super cool dude you know i was super stoked to meet him during the uh, double world adventure uh we did our first world together as i'm sure you've seen or read about but yeah he's awesome man he's he's inspired a lot of stoke and both me travis nathan and just other people in the mm-hmm. community um travis and nathan you know nathan did the sds list right before travis yep. uh he did it in what 138 or something like that and then travis came down did it in like what 117 yeah, 114, I think. 114, Something like which that. is ridiculous. So, yeah. yeah, Jason's definitely been like a mentor backbone to a lot of our projects and, you know, support style. So he's uh, played big parts in, you know, the way we're transforming in the mountains. Yeah, yeah. So I've done a lot of ultras. I've never really been too into the FKT world, but like explain to me what the biggest differences are. Like, I mean, obviously if you sign up for a race, you've got a date on the calendar, no matter what the weather is, that's the date you're doing it. Um, and you train and you build up and you're looking to peak for race day. Are Mm -hmm. FKTs similar? Are you setting a date on the calendar? Are you, or are you waiting for a weather window and what's your training look like? Yeah, man. So like for the specific FKTs I'm doing and like these other guys are doing um, in the big mountains and big mountain link ups, it's kind of just going out and playing in the mountains and just getting good at moving through the mountains, whether it's a small day, big day, and then adding them together and eventually getting ready for the game day. Um, you know, it's different from race style because race style, most races have tons of support. Um, you got people that can come in anywhere and everywhere. There's obviously a finish line, you know, it's super, uh, I don't know the word for it, but it's all, it's a different, it's a different, uh, like vibe community. And so like when you come to the FKT world, you know, on my, my double world, we had an incredible amount of support, which I'll talk about here later on, but like for certain FKTs, like if you're going unsupported, you know, you're carrying all your stuff by yourself, no matter how long it is. Like for my mosquito 10 mile, the one I failed on that I'm going back to, that's a 42 mile, 20 K 35 peaks. You know, I'm carrying everything by myself. I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not going out stashing stuff. I'm carrying it all. You know, I really had to dig into my mental space instead of feeding off of other people's energy. And yeah. so that's a different aspect to, to like the whole FKT world is, you know, how, how to get dig out of the pain cave. And like, when you're in the dead zone, how do you, 
still bring light and life to what you're doing. And that's kind of like some of the mental barriers you get to work with. Yeah. You know, in these big ultra races, it's a lot of similar stuff, obviously, but it's, I feel like I haven't done any real ultras, so I can't really speak on it, but I feel like, you know, with the community around you and like the aid stations and so the variety of things that people can offer to you on trail and stuff, it's just like a different aspect of being able to feed off the energy, you know, and that's huge, whether you're, you know, doing an FAT or a race, but you know, like the unsupported style, it's typically you yourself and I and got to figure it out, you know? (laughs) So what kind of stuff are you carrying with you? Because I mean, this, you're not sleeping on, on the world adventure. You're, you're going as hard as it sounds like you took some naps, but you're going yeah. as hard as you can, as fast as you can. So I imagine you're trying to travel light. Um, yeah. I, I always ask, like, do you have any luxury items in your pack or is it just stripped down to the bare essentials? So the way we went about the double whirl was fully supported. There's like four different spots on each whirl that you can come in and people can, you know, support, pace, aid, whatever it may be. So we traveled real, excuse me, we traveled really light. I think the most water I ever carried at a time was like maybe two liters on some of the longer sections. Um, and then like during some of the easier stuff and I knew we wouldn't have like we would be at the next cache quicker than not, I'd carry one liter or I knew there'd be a stream coming down bells and like we could fill back up down there or something like that, you know? And so we traveled really light. I mean, I probably carried like a thousand calories on me, maybe from each station to the next, if that, uh, set of poles. And that's really about it. I mean, I had a wind layers in case at night, obviously we had headlamps and then I, I brought a really light puffy just in case I got cold, which after those short naps, it would get chilly. So I'd walk with the puffy on for maybe 10 minutes just to warm up, take it off, put it back in the bag and keep going. But no, nothing really like super luxurious. I mean, uh, at the trailhead for the first row, I had all my normal stuff, like a Theragun foam roller, you know, chargers and all that good stuff to get all my stuff reorganized uh, for the second one. We had charging blocks and most of the caches along the way, just in case things died, which they did. Um, but yeah, I mean, nothing too luxurious. Like, yeah, our favorite candies, our favorite snacks, just some, some burritos that we enjoy eating and maybe a Coke or two here and during each whirl, stuff like that. Okay. Okay. Um, what is this like in terms of, uh, difficulty for someone like you? Like, I mean, you did... <laughs> Last time I talked to you, you've been on the show once before you did the vert yep. challenge and you, you just come fresh off that, which was something insane. Wasn't it like 400,000 vertical feet or something crazy. Yeah. 400 K in a month. Dude. Yeah. Which to me is <laughs> unfathomable, but yeah. like this is a 60 hour push where you're going pretty much all at once with just a couple of short naps yeah. in terms of like difficulty. Where does this sit for you? You know, it's a weird question to ask, and it's my answers have been kind of similar to everybody that's asked it. Uh, it took me a little bit to figure it out, like what the answer is for that. But if I'm being honest, it was not that difficult for me, which is weird because, you know, I've always known that like these big pushes in the mountains is what I'm like here for, what I want to do. And so when I finally got to put this to the test and like realize these things during the world, um, the double world. I really got to learn these things about myself. Yeah. There's a bunch of hardships I got to go through during the double world. And those things 
like the way I would say it to somebody is like when your passion is so deep for the things you love to do and like what you want to do and you like you really enjoy being there even if you are suffering it's still easy like the hard things like the sleep sleep deprivation or not being able to eat as much or whatever it may be are just obstacles you learn how to get around and you really want to learn how to get around them so you can do them better in the future um so like difficulty level it's weird like the 400k thing was a completely different thing you know i battled tons of body uh problems and injuries and stuff yeah, like that yeah it's what i didn't really have any never really pain caved i should say um like my feet after midway through the second world my feet were so beat they were so tender like every step hurt real bad and it was it honestly was just annoying <laughs> it's, but it's like it never triggered anything to my head like oh man i'm just gonna drop out at cardiff pass or maybe if i just get to this peak, i can drop off it's like it never there was never a point during the double world where i thought i'm not going to keep going mm. you know um i really wanted to be there and i really enjoyed being there in the moment you know it was a beautiful supper um definitely suffered but it was yeah. beautiful and i enjoyed it every step of the way that's pretty interesting, man, uh, that you can go for 60 hours and consider this not really all that bad. 67 <laughs> hours. Okay. Yeah. And consider it. Well, you know, it's not that bad. Not the hardest thing I've ever done. Um, yeah. That's, that's pretty crazy, man. You know, uh, and it's weird. Like, I would say it probably is the hardest thing I've ever done, but it was just a different kind of hard. Like the, like I said, the October hard was a completely different animal. It was much more physical. Yeah. And so like, this was the hardest push and hardest effort I've ever done. But like I said, you know, with the passion being so deep, all those hardships, you just learn how to maneuver. And, and in the end, it, it turns into like something easy. For sure. In a sense, like, obviously it's not easy just to go out and do, but when you really enjoy it, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I got you. And when you stack it up against a, a 400 K in a month effort <laughs> where you were injured and, battling like yeah I, I can't remember back problems knee problems all kinds of stuff yeah. popping up for you and you were just suffering it sounded like the, almost yeah. the whole time pretty so, much i get it <laughs> yeah the whole shebang it was exciting <laughs> <laughs> so how did you settle on the world how did you decide that this is the project that you wanted to go for Dude, um that's a good good story um <laughs> let's so, hear it I love yeah, that stories. Jason was sitting out, was watching my Instagram stories, Jason Hardrath, and he saw that I was playing around the Wasatch maybe like two months ago now, something like that. And he was like, yo, man, I had this idea of doing a, a, the first whirl out and back. And I was like, dude, no shit. I was just talking to buddies I was on a peak with today about like how crazy would it be if someone did a whirl out and back? Maybe really? I'll do it one of these days. Really? And he was like, well, I mean, that's, that's it. We got to do it together. <laughs> it's, we were like yeah i guess we're doing it together let's like figure out what days were open and let's meet up there and do it let's just nice. send it you know yeah, yeah. Uh, that's kind of how it came to light like i never really jason's kind of had the idea for some time i think is what it sounds like or sounded like i just kind of thought about it because like yeah a single world is huge and super cool but for my style i don't really like doing the same thing as other people, especially when I know I'm not going to be able to break the FKT on the single whirl, which is ridiculously fast. Really? Um, DeRay, uh, DeRay's time is like 1450 or maybe less than that. I forget Whoa. the exact number or something ridiculous. Wow. So wow. it's like 
when we can come up with like a, a massive adventure like this it's like yeah let's do it man and so yeah we just kind of connected over the topic and sure enough we met out there what three weeks ago now and gave it a go nice. gave it a whirl <laughs> gave it a whirl had you ever done a single push nope the only pieces of the world i've done before we did that was superior monte cristo which like between monte cristo and superior there's nothing crazy like that's none of the technical stuff um and then superior all the way past like i think it's honeycomb cliffs and so like i've done that section and that's all like really non-technical and then i stood on white baldy one time like three weeks before the world not knowing i was doing the double world but like three weeks beforehand i stood up there and uh we didn't really do the route of the world. I just, we went up a different ridge, um, the North Ridge, I guess. And yeah, so like, honestly, never really. And besides like uh, the Cirque Series snowbird race where you run to the top of, uh, what is it? Um, Baldy, something like that. Yep. Yeah, like I never really stood on any of the technical pieces like the Cottonwood Traverse or Devil's Castle or uh, what do you call it? Uh, Bighorn, Lone Peak, that kind of stuff where the kind of the cruxy pieces are of the world so yeah we kind of just went out and did it, it. <laughs> and Got jason it. jason had never stood on a mountain in the wasatch to begin with oh, wow. until we started walking up together whoa yeah well and you got the first lap done and uh what was it like 20 or was it 24 or 30 hours or something like that i wish it was 24 it was 32 <laughs> 32. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's yeah. pretty impressive for uh, on sighting it. If you've never done it before, you didn't know the route. I'm guessing you're yeah. just following a Gaia, Gaia GPS or pretty much. Wow. Yeah. It's pretty much what we did for about two thirds, maybe three fourths of the first world. And then we had Anna DeMonte pop in and she kind of paced us through Pfeiffer Horn all the way to the finish. Okay. Um, yeah. I think our first one was like right around 32 hours. You know, Jason had just gotten off of a massive effort which i'm sure you've heard about his norman's 13 fkt and the human powered california 14ers that was probably i think 13 days before we started the world oh, wow. and so he was pretty beat and we we realized that about halfway through the first world um i was moving and cruising and like felt awesome and so you know it was a little slower pace than i was used to but there's no nothing wrong with that you know we had our conversation about how we're doing this as a team and so yeah like i'm cool to do it as a team even though we did have storms to beat like three days later. Um, so yeah, 32 hours. I think we could have brought, you know, if you would have been fresh, we could have probably knocked off a solid handful of hours. And if we were to learn the route, could have knocked off another hour or two at least. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, you know? totally. Totally. Well, it sounds like your decision to do this was sort of last minute, like yeah. just a few <laughs> weeks before. I mean, <laughs> that's pretty yeah. crazy. So you must have been fit if you just decided three weeks before we're going to go for this big 67 hour push. I mean, that's my pretty monster. Yeah, definitely been getting after it in the mountains all summer, you know, and like I had that uh, mosquito 10 mile attempt where I got to about 32 miles, 15 K a few weeks beforehand, like maybe three weeks prior. Okay. It's so like I had that pretty big push under my belt well, and a few other like decent pushes from the summer. So sure. You know, I felt pretty ready for it. I, you know, going into it, I knew this was going to be like my biggest effort times two and a half or something like that. And so I was pretty stoked to see what was going to happen. And, you know, our idea was to keep an aerobic pace. Like we weren't huffing and puffing a red line and we were just keeping it nice and cruise, cruise control pretty much the entire way. Okay. Okay. And 
you're a bigger guy, right? In your pictures, you look a little bit bigger. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm about 165. Oh, well, that's pretty light. Okay. Yeah, okay. you know, I, I, when I played football and going to the Navy, I was around 185, a little more stout. But once I've transitioned into the mountains, it's kind of all slimmed down to like an athletic, athletic build for, for sure. mountain running. You know, when I'm at these Cirque Series races or any of these other places, most people are like 20 pounds lighter than me still. But right. <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> are you lifting in your in your spare time too or not really? No, I have not really picked up any weights besides some isometric holds with like kettlebells and stuff like that with uh, what my coach, you know, do you know Zahan Bellamoria? I don't believe so. You should look, should look him up. He's a badass yeah. dude over here in the Tetons. He's yeah. kind of been a coach for me for about a year now. And so like okay. we have a different kind of street program where it's all about isometric holds and like building fascia and the strength between the, you know, the soft white tissue and stuff like that. So mm. like, it's a lot much different than going out and deadlifting or squatting or benching like we used to do back in, you know, meathead days. Totally. <laughs> totally. And done that. You know, and I, you know, I got to say doing all that kind of stuff back in the day definitely helped build the strength that I do have now to do what I do. For sure. But if you look at the research, it's not the healthiest way to to build the kind of strength that we're using in the mountains these days, it's you not. know, like it's be- bench pressing ain't going to do anything for it's you when you're running up and down mountains. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Well, cool, man. So um, how technical is this route? It's the first time you ever saw it. Did you get up there and were you surprised at sections or were you pretty prepared? Um, you know, we kind of read through some descriptions and if you ever read the, the world description, it talks about, Oh yeah, this is not a hike. People have died on it. It's I dangerous. That. Yeah. Cetera, the whole, whole shebang. I mean, it's class four, like on the scramble stuff, it's class three, class four. I mean, there might be a couple class five moves depending on which way you go. Like we definitely did a couple low five stuff, low five sections, just because, you know, we'd never been up there. And so we were kind of just, all right, let's go up that, you know? And so if you know it, I'm pretty sure you could probably keep it all class four or lower for the most part. Um, a couple of the cruxes people talk about is like the Monte Cristo climb uh didn't seem to have any troubles there. Uh, I don't, I think they cla- class it as five. I, I could be completely wrong, but I thought it was super simple, like low four uh, chimney climb. And then people talk about the devil's castle traverse, pretty straightforward stuff. Um, we never really had any problem with the route finding. Uh, so like we did Cottonwood traverse starting at midnight. We went through all the way to Monet right, right around sunrise. And, you know, there's a lot of scrambling between that section. It was just, another day on the mountains for us we felt like you know some people were like oh y'all are gonna go do this and they've never been on any of the technical sections we're like yeah probably (laughs) (laughs) and so there's a few people that didn't really understand it but it's like if you live and breathe mountains and you're running around mountains all the time it's just another day i feel like it's definitely more technical than just going and running mountains so it's it's hands-on stuff you know yeah you're doing some scrambling um, scrambling at night, I imagine, which can be a little yeah. sketchy and probably a ton of exposure all over the place oh, yeah. too. So for the faint at yeah, heart, you slip up, you're definitely going to get hurt if for not sure. you know, worse. Um, yeah. but the holds and stuff and like the route is just, it's been incredible. I mean, there's, it's, it's so awesome, hmm. but yeah, people have died. People have fallen, gotten hurt, search and rescue the whole thing. Yeah, for sure. 
Yeah. Same with like, you know, I live pretty close to Long's Peak. I go up and down that thing and I feel completely safe. But if you read the reports, yeah, there's people that die out there every single year. Yeah. But, um, you know, running up and down that thing with no shirt and a pair of running shoes and it feels pretty safe to me. But you guys were out there with no rope and just running shoes. Is that what I'm hearing? Or were you wearing approach shoes at, at certain sections? No, just running shoes. I wore the same shoes the whole way through. Okay. Um, okay. Wish I kind of wish I would have changed shoes halfway through, but <laughs> didn't have another pair of the same ones to change into at the time. <laughs> what do you wear? Uh, I was wearing the Solomon Solomon Cross Two. Okay. Okay. So it's kind of got that built-in gator on it, and oh, yeah. some solid lugs on the bottom. Um, yep. works really works really well with my feet, and I love the shoe. Except I do have to modify it for my foot to have a wider foot, and so like the the top section above the toe it doesn't allow my big toe to like do its thing. So I got to cut out like a piece of the plastic where it holds the lace in, which doesn't affect me. But like, I didn't learn that until after the first world, we got done with the first world. I'm like, man, I can hardly walk. My, my left big toe is so jacked. Uh, And then I pulled out a knife and cut it. And my foot was good the rest of the time. Really? Wasn't limping, wasn't hurting, just cruising again. Okay. And what are the bottoms of those shoes like? They must be decent for scrambling if you're confident um, to wear those. They're decent enough. They're kind of, they've got like, I don't know the size, maybe a half inch lugs all mm-hmm. the way through them. Kind of like it, the speed cross in a okay. sense. Is it pretty sticky though? Are, they're pretty sticky. Yeah. They're sticky okay. enough. Yeah, you yeah. know, I think from what I'm learning more from Z, like my coach is having flat bottoms with like stickier he sends his shoes in and gets them resold by a company. I forget the exact company's name, like what the sole is. He sent all the information to me, but it's like specific for scrambling and, you know, mm-hmm. being on rocks yep. much better than the stuff I'm using right now. So I might do that for a pair of shoes or two here in the near future, Yeah, but they worked fine. I mean, I didn't have any problems. Um, okay. okay. So. Yeah. Nice. So, um, okay. So this was all planned sort of last minute. Um, mm-hmm. at what point did you meet Jason Hardrath? Was it like literally right before this thing started or what, what was that like? We met two days before the event or like our adventure, I guess two and a half days. We both drove into Salt Lake Thursday night, met around like 11 PM. Uh, I had a hotel room. We hung out in there. He slept there on the couch bed and we chatted for like three or four hours. It was like two or three in the morning, just about all the good stuff, you know, um, <laughs> learned a lot from that guy. He's super wise and he's a great, you know, mentor in a sense and the way he can speak to athletes that kind of are still trying to learn or figure out what their path is in a sense. He's really good at opening up those thoughts and unjumbling some of those thoughts. And so mm. we had some great conversation. And then, you know, next day we woke up and it was kind of game on. We were trying to figure out what was going on. That was Saturday. So we called my buddy Joe and we put together a support crew within like 24 hours, full blown. You know, I, we put a few posts on uh, social media, like uh, stories and stuff. And mm-hmm. the amount of people that came out to support was just incredible. I mean, we were able oh. to put together probably one of the be- biggest support crews a world person's ever had within 24 <laughs> hours. I mean, it wow. was ridiculous. <laughs> wow. It was awesome. Um, why did you decide supported rather than self-supported or unsupported? Um, mainly just, well, unsupported would have been ridiculous first off, because there's no water on the ridges. Oh, and then having to carry enough food for three days on the ridges, it would have just been a completely different game, which, you know, we talked about after the fact that 
we know how we would do it if we were going to do it that way. Yeah. But self-supported, you know, we we thought about it. We figured we only had two days before the weather window opened up for us and gave us like a two and a half day weather window. And so it wasn't really enough time for us to go hiking all of our stuff ourselves. Yeah. And we were really banking on, you know, having pacers, but also no one's ever done it in the world. So we didn't really care about the whole sure. support. We were like, man, let's just do it. Let's uh, yeah. see what we can put together and who wants to come help and just go out and do it. Oh yeah. So yeah. the support way, you know, was awesome. It was a great, like, training ground learning ground for me to go and test out all these different things when it comes to nutrition pace speed and just like pushing myself mentally and physically with you know the support it uh i learned a lot yeah 100 percent. no it totally makes sense um there's not many places to get water up there though um there's no water until I mean, you get to the snowbird tram which is at what point if you're starting like the way most people do, uh, you go clockwise. So that's like 18 miles in maybe. Okay. Something like that. Sure. Um, it's like two thirds of the way. Okay. Ish. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then it's like, if you get water out of the tram building, is that really unsupported? Sure. You're using, you know, a building. Yeah, yeah. So there's different people have different ideas about it. Like Kelly, she just did an unsupported Kelly Halpin, she just did Unsupported World um, two months ago or something like that. And she did in like 27 hours, you know, used snow that was still up on the ridge. And that was the way she was able to get water sources. She avoided the whole Snowbird tram building and, you know, went okay. legit unsupported. Um, okay. So pretty cool. Yeah, totally cool. But yeah, that paints a picture as to why you guys chose supported and it sounds yeah. like you guys had a great crew anyways man like why not share this with a bunch of folks if people want to come out and help you let's make exactly. this a party yeah. you know it's pretty much a party dude just yeah. 67 hour party who wants to come <laughs> join and be a part of some suffering and cool. met a lot of great people most of the people that came out and helped we've never met before ever they're all brand new people really which was super sick were um were they familiar with the route or did they know yeah. who you guys were or how did, yeah how did it all work out so joe is uh the founder of outdoor nom who's my new nutrition sponsor and he's been a good friend for a handful of months now he's uh, done a supported mission on the world for somebody else before and so we kind of made him crew chief and was like all right dude this is what we're gonna do can you help out and he was super stoked and so he dropped all plans and like kind of just came out and helped and we all did our part to find people that wanted to be a part of it. And so like there was two or three people that I kind of knew beforehand that came out and did, you know, dropped some caches for us on Cardiff pass, Catherine pass and up at snowbird, mm -hmm. which those guys helped out so much bringing our gear up and stuff. Um, but then whenever we got to Pfeifferhorn saddle, there was three new faces, um, Anna, Mitch and Grant. Anna ended up actually pacing us through the night for a lot longer than she signed up for <laughs> it ended up being a 15 hour night for her Whoa. and we we're planning on like eight so that was really interesting and she only knew us through socials like yeah she's followed jason a while so she knows like he, what he does and stuff like that i don't think she knew who i was at the time and so like we just kind of connected and um yeah we had great conversations she loves the mountains and she's done the world before okay. so she knew where we were going for the most part and um yeah really helped just keep the the vibes high and uh guide us through the night 
And yeah. then she went to work the next morning, about 30 minutes after hitting the trailhead. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Sounds yeah. like a badass. Yeah, she's a badass. <laughs> That's she's so badass. cool. That's so cool. And so, and then, um, so Jason was with you the first half and you had a pacer for part of that. Yeah. And then you turned around and you did it all that you did the whole thing again by yourself, right? Well, I had pacers. You had pacers the whole time. But I didn't have my original teammate. Right. So, right. um, it was just different. You know, we got down, we were coming down Bell's Canyon the sun's already up and I'm like, shit, man, like <laughs> this is taking way longer than I thought it was going to take. And I'm not saying this out loud. We all know this. Like, we don't have to say it. We already know this. Um, and so we get to Bell's trail and I just run down. I'm like, yo guys, I'm going to go ahead and head down so I can like lay down for an extra hour before we send it backwards and I'll catch y'all whenever y'all get down. And so I kind of jogged down by that time, my body was actually kind of beat. My lower back was really hurting. Um, weird. Uh, there was just a few like small pains. And then once I got down, I laid down for like an hour and got back up and Jason was just showing up and he was like, yeah, man, you know, I had some time to think about it, but I think it's best if you go by yourself to do this, um, to keep the dream alive, but keep the dream alive for our team. Um, mm -hmm. Because there's like the way we were moving, there probably wasn't a chance we'd beat the storms the next day, which yeah. were going to happen either way. Um, okay. And so, you know, when I got down my first role, I was kind of in a, a dark spot in the sense of, I don't think this is going to happen because my mindset was team. We're doing this as a team. It was never like, I'm going to have to go by myself. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And so, um, yeah, I kind of had, you know, we had three friends down at the trailhead, Joe included. And I was just telling them like, yeah, man, I just don't think this is going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen, but I don't, I don't see it happening pretty much long story short in the nicest way possible, you know? Mm -hmm. And so once Jason told me that it just like completely switched, uh, like a switch in my head. I was like, Oh no shit. This dude's going to let me just go out and try to do this by myself now. <laughs> and it was kind of nerve wracking, but it also like, like I said, a mental switch just flipped and physically too. I felt like I hadn't even done a whirl. I started walking around. There were no problems. I felt completely fine. A hundred percent again, wow. you know? And so it was, it was minor mind boggling to like experience that, but also the fact that I'm about to go out alone. And so it was kind of scary in a sense, because there was a couple sections that we just did in the night that I wasn't really fond of. And sure enough, we found easier passage on the way down, but you know, I reached out to a couple people um, about pacing last minute. I'm talking like they had an hour to come, come to where I'm at so we could <laughs> go up together and, Brian, the first guy I reached out to was like, yeah, man, well, I just did the Cottonwood Traverse yesterday, so I don't think I'm going to be able to make it, but let me ask around for you. I was like, oh, shit, I'm not going to get anybody to come with me. I'm going by myself. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go lay down. I'm going to get mentally right to do this by myself. And I wake up like 30 minutes later, and I wake up, I mean, just like sit up. <laughs> 30 <laughs> minutes later, and Brian texted me and said, hey, man, I'm actually on the way. I got all my stuff packed. I'll see you in 35 or something like that. And I was super stoked. I was like, I've never met this guy first off. Okay. Never, never really seen what he does. I know he's done the world once and he's training for the world again right now. Yeah. But once he told me he was on the way, I was like, sick. I mean, Boom. I got nothing else to do today. So let's do it again. <laughs> you know? and so I spent the next 30 minutes, 35 minutes, just getting all my stuff together and waiting on him. Nice. Well, that's a testament to your uh, physical fitness as well as your mental fitness as well, because I mean, 
you know, if Jason's dropping, that's your chance to drop if, if you wanted to, you know, yeah. or if things weren't going good mentally for you, like, Oh, sorry. Yeah. I feel you dude. Storm's coming in. We were, we're going to be a team. I, yeah. I we just call it and we'll come back and try it in a few weeks. But, um, you just got fired up. So, I mean, I got fired up, dude. That's impressive. That's <laughs> Super impressive. Stoked. Yeah. And, you know, like one of the main things Jason talked about the first night we met was like hero's journey and going and slaying the dragon. So you can bring the gold back to the village and share these stories with people and hopefully inspire deeper. And like one of the things he said, right before I went to go lay down was go slay the dragon. And I was, it just like clicked. I'm like, You're right. I got to go mm. slay the dragon. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I got to go do. Nice. And that's- so, I was going to do it whether Brian would have showed up or not. Um, And so, yeah, that was kind of how that went. Sorry, dude. Someone just called me on my phone. Oh, that's right. This guy's actually on the Cottonwood Traverse right now. So let me text him and tell him that I'm um, on a podcast real quick. Okay. Unless you can bring him on the podcast. (laughs) That would be epic. (laughs) He did. Uh, yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> All right. Sweet. <laughs> well, no, dude, that's pretty awesome. And so you're texting your buddies on the fly with 30 minutes to go. Like, can you come out and pace me? I'm on my own. I'm going back. I'm going to do this thing a second time. Uh huh. <laughs> that's nuts. Yeah. Uh, we were sitting there and I was getting fired up. I'm super high up and I'm like, yeah, man. I mean, I've literally got nothing else to do today. <sighs> You know, so I guess I'll do it again. (laughs) See, that's the best way to look at it is I got nothing else on the calendar. And we were just at the Leadville 100 a couple weeks ago. And yeah, we were talking to some folks that were talking about dropping out at like 50, 60 miles. I'm like, you have nothing else on the calendar because you were planning on doing this and you were planning on finishing. Like, why would you stop? I mean, even if you get timed out, you might as well go as far as you can because this is what you're planning on doing. And and I would say that you got nothing else on the calendar, dude. Like work is you're off work. You're, you're good to go. Yeah, pretty much a good way to look at it. So (laughs) so I imagine that that had to have been uh, sort of a shift for you from going with Jason to turn around and doing it by yourself. I mean, with pacers, it had to have been what what was that like did you immediately just start cruising really fast or did you have to get your head back in the game or what was it like immediately started cruising man just kind of okay. started walking up and like a few hundred yards in i was like realized oh i forgot this and this hey man do you mind going down and grabbing this for me because <laughs> i was moving so fast to get re-ready for the next world that i forgot a couple of key things like the charger to my garmin inreach that was tracking me the whole time okay. and so brian ran down met me back up you know 15 minutes later or whatever but no, yeah, man, I was back to cruise control. It, we nice. started right around like 10 a.m. It was kind of starting to get warm out. And um, we got bells a little bit. And I laid down in the river to cool off and just kind of get wet. So the breeze would smack me. So I wouldn't be hot as shit the whole time, mm-hmm. which once I dried up, it was hot as shit the whole time. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, I mean, kept the same pace. I ended up, you know, doing it again in 32 hours uh, with my naps and all that kind of stuff. So pretty much kept the same pace cruiser cruise control just you know doing the same thing never had any bodily issues besides like i said my feet about halfway through the second one started to not be very fun but yeah yeah that's part of it 
Well, congrats, dude. It sounds like a epic adventure. Um, what are like a couple of the takeaway highs and lows? Like when you look back on this, like what's the highest moment and what's the lowest moment? If you had any. Um, the highest moment was probably, I mean, the high and the low might be the same point, honestly, the turnaround spot, like the low was me coming into that first world finish thinking like, there's no way this is going to happen. I just, you know, with the way we're moving, there's just no way. Yeah. Um, but then once Jason told me to go, that might've been another really high point for me because it like revamped the dream. And I was like, Oh, this is awesome. Let's do it again. You know? Nice. Um, yeah. And I was super stoked to be able to go do it again. Like I said, my mindset was team, you know, yeah. yep. I'm not going to put it in his head that, Hey man, I need to go by myself. Mm-hmm. he figured that out and told me that, which was super cool. And, you know, I think one of the high points was, you know, being by myself on that second role, you know, yes, I had pacers, but like I was, we were kind of going into it in a way that Jason, cause Jason's been around this block, you know, many times before the Sefer Fest, long days, big adventures, grand adventures, you know? And so like the mindset was like, he's going to teach me all these things. And, you know, I'm going to learn how to like really dig deep with him on the second lap. And I got to do that by myself in a sense, you know, mm-hmm. um, he did come back in about 24 hours later and, you know, led me through the final push of the Cottonwood Traverse, which was awesome. I mean, the guy came in, looked like he was hundred percent fresh when he wasn't, but you know, the, the fact that he wanted to come help his homie out that was doing this still, and it was part of his dream was super cool. So that was a really awesome high moment right at Cardiff Pass when we finally connected again, like 24 hours later. It was the stoke was super high. I came in with great spirits. He had great spirits. I'm like, oh, look at this guy. He's about to look, you know what happened to him? He's about to come back out. You know, like we were <laughs> super stoked. And so like he dro- he pulled me through that last section. Like we moved pretty quick. Um, because we had storms to beat. Yeah. And sure enough, as soon as we got to the trailhead on the finish of the second whirl downpour and then lightning was striking all the ridges around us. And so really? it was like about as perfect timing as it could get, which was so crazy. Wow. But yeah, there's, you know, the low points, there wasn't a lot of low points really besides, you know, that getting down the first whirl, you know, the third night, my headlamp died about two hours in because no one charged it for me Mm. and I gave shit for it. But uh, (laughs) me and this dude that I've never met before, um, Dub Price, we're sharing one headlamp going from Pfeiffer Horn to wherever the hell we got to go until we finally met somebody else. And there's like some sketchy, some sketchy ridge that, you know, I'm 52 hours in, we have one headland. I'm kind of like having to, you know, walk him through how to get down the way I went up just because that's the way I went up. So I wanted to go down the same way, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it was kind of sketchy mm-hmm. and that was kind of a low point. It definitely slowed us down quite a bit, but you know, other than that, the low points weren't big. And when they did come, they were really short because I knew what I wanted to do, where I wanted to be. And I was really stoked to be where I was, you know, really enjoyed the whole process, you know, just the entire thing. Yeah. Well, talking to you, you sort of exude this confidence. Was there ever a point when, I mean, the halfway point, it sounds like you were thinking this might not happen when you headed back, when you were headed back, was there any time you thought this might not actually happen or were you pretty confident and moving pretty well the whole time? Yeah, as soon as we started going back up, I knew it was going to happen. It was, um, um, yeah. As soon as I left the trailhead, I knew there was pretty much no option for me mentally yep. to like, obviously, if I broke my leg, that'd be a different story or mm-hmm. something else would happen. But yeah, mentally, I was pretty much all there. 
yeah. even through the finish. Like I started getting kind of delirious at the end, but like I knew the whole time, like this was happening and I'm going to be the guy that does the first one. And mm-hmm. I don't care how slow it is or how fast it is, but I'm going to finish this. And it's just, that's what's going to happen, you know? So yep. Yep. was really confident the entire time, you know, three full nights, three sunrises, three sunsets, pretty much. Um, the whole, whole thing, uh, it was great, you know, and it was awesome sharing that experience with the people that came out on the trail. Oh yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Having them with you is, is huge. Um, how did you deal with the sleep deprivation? Yeah, man. So this was a completely new thing for me. Um, Mm. you know, I've never pushed past probably 24 hours before ever. And here I am like pushing past 24 hours thinking, man, this is the longest I've been awake before ever. Um, And so Jason starts throwing out like, you know, he just, he does, depending on the mission, he'll do about a 27 minute nap or so that or an hour and a half nap, depending on like how big the mission is. And so if you keep it below 27, you don't fall into a sleep cycle Hmm. and you just let your mind flow backwards. And so we ended up doing seven minute naps instead, a little bit shorter, just because we wanted to keep moving. And so it's just like the act of laying down, closing your eyes, letting your mind wander about everything other than scrambling and walking. Once you start to get wobbly, it allows you to bring your mind back into focus. Um, so when you wake back up, you're like, yeah, you're not physically resting, but you're resting your mind enough to where it can refocus on what's going on, okay. which was brand new to me. And mm-hmm. it was awesome. So we did two of those on our second night together, right before we finished the second or the first world. Mm-hmm. And then I use that technique maybe five times on the second world because mm-hmm. I, you know, right before pretty much right before like a, a cruxy scramble or something where you really want to be dialed. And I already knew I was mm-hmm. kind of getting wobbly and I was kind of tired and I didn't want to, you know, you don't want to mess up here. I would lay down for seven minutes, have my pacer throw on a seven minute timer and then just wake me up and let's keep going, you know? Yeah. Um, and they helped every time. I don't think there was a single seven minute nap that didn't refocus me. Wow. It was pretty, it was pretty incredible, like tool to add to the toolbox, you know? Um, mm-hmm. I think I would have never, like I've heard like Courtney Dahlwater, Dahlwater, I don't know how to pronounce her last name. Walter, yeah. The Walter, you know, she's talked about her short naps or six minute naps, seven minute naps, whatever it may be. And I was like, "Ah, I don't know about all that. (laughs) So she's like, yeah, well, that's what we're doing. I'm like, okay, I'm here to learn. So did it and it worked and it was awesome. I mean, there was like maybe one time I did a 15 minute nap, I think. Okay. But yeah, I mean, it was the same thing. Like I woke up, I was, should have just done a seven minute because I didn't wake up feeling any different. Sure. Yeah. You know, um, is there a point in the, the second half towards the end? Like, I don't know, I'm just picking a, a number like the last five miles where the stokes started getting higher and you started moving faster or were you just pretty much destroyed at that point? Yes and no. So we get to the top of Twin Peaks, which is the final set of peaks before going down Ferguson Canyon. And even after that, you still got some scrambling to do to get down into the canyon. And we are all pretty much out of liquids. Um, mm. We had like two sips left a piece, just enough mm. to keep our tongue our tongue wet. Yeah. And it was me, Jason, Eli. Eli's the guy that started Gnarly Nutrition. He's mm. been a friend for about a year now. And so he came out and joined us for the last stretch as well. Um, he pretty much let me drink all of his liquids, eat all of his foods. The dude had nothing. I mean, I, he gave me the shirt off his back at one point because I was like dying from the heat. And we're headed down this gully that we thought we'd shortcut. We're like, oh yeah, let's just shortcut this whole thing and go down this gully. And sure enough, ended up probably adding at least an hour to our adventure. Um, 
it was super loose gully, you know, and we had three of us. We didn't want to knock rocks on each other. And at the very bottom, there's like a 15 foot, maybe 15 foot, probably like 10 foot down climb section that if you fall, you're probably going to break an ankle or a leg. It's like class five down climb for sure. And mm. I was gripped. I was like 63 hours awake. Like, man, <laughs> the shortcut, this is where it all happens right here, huh? Right? <laughs> this is where I'm going to break my leg at the very end. <laughs> And so we get down and find Jason talks us how to get down with the handholds and the footholds and that whole, whole thing. But at that time we're all beat, you know, we're just kind of feeding off each other's energy. We've been in the sun for like eight hours together with hardly any liquids and water at this point, there's no water around for the next two or three miles. And we're just like bullshitting, you know, just trying to keep spirits high. Mm -hmm. Um, it's very obvious that we're all having not a very great time. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, we finally get to the stream, which felt like it took forever to get to. The stream's like maybe a mile and a half or two before the trailhead, and I just laid down in it and started chugging, you know, water. Probably chugged too much, but it didn't matter. I mean, we we're almost finished anyways. Yep. And I was like, "Yeah, man, if y'all weren't here, I'd probably just lay in the stream for like another hour, even right. the trailhead's like a mile away." <laughs> uh, and so we were all finally got up. Everybody was, you know, rehydrated a little bit. And, we started running down like a half mile later. We had like five homies, you know, there ready to run down the last mile with us. Nice. And that was, the stoke was high. We ran down the last two miles. I think I ran like a nine minute mile in the last mile or something like that. You know, we nice. were cruise controlling. Um, <laughs> mind and body were definitely shutting down. And Jason just kept reassuring me this is what's supposed to happen close to the end. Like you, your mind plays tricks on you. My hands went numb. Heart felt weird all these things that were probably actually happening, but nothing that was like, you know, going to kill me. Sure. And so we just kept cruising. The stoke was high. We had some people out there with cameras, you know, doing their thing. And um, we cruised the last mile down. And once we got down, like I said, downpour rain and lightning striking ridges. Wow. Kind of a, wow. Kind of a cool congratulations. And there's probably 15 friends down there waiting, you know, Dang. all with beers and milkshakes yep. and the whole thing. I nice. didn't drink beer but I did have a milkshake. Oh yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I was going to ask. How'd you celebrate? But it sounded like you had a bunch of friends down there, some yeah. good refreshments. And then, uh, did you grab a meal? Did you go straight to yeah. bed? What was, what was up afterwards? Yeah. So the rain started pouring and by this time my body was like already shutting down. So I hopped in the truck while everybody else stood outside and talked and I, I was just getting really cold, really fast. Sure, yeah. So I sat in the truck and rolled down the window and was like, thanks guys. And like, you know, talked a little bit, but uh, my dad actually called me when we were driving to a little chicken place to go get some food. And I was like, Hey man, I'm just gonna let you know. I don't think I can have a real conversation right now. <laughs> <laughs> I can hardly even think. And yeah. he's like, oh, I just wanted to congratulate you. And I was like, cool, man, I'll call you tomorrow or something. And didn't make, probably didn't make any sense on the phone and <laughs> did it for the rest of the night. But yeah, we ended up going to a little spot to grab a couple of chicken sandwiches and some fries and stuff real fast. A couple sodas, um, super simple stuff that was just on the way to the Joe's house that we were staying at. And yeah, did that, got back chilled for like 20 minutes and i was like all right guys i, I think i gotta go yeah <laughs> <laughs> and i laid down and i tried to scroll on my phone for a couple minutes and it just didn't happen i just passed passed, passed out, out. Yep. yeah <laughs> pretty much wow well what a what an epic journey man what an awesome adventure um hats off it sounds yeah it sounds fantastic um, yeah man it was it was uh it was epic it Same sounds way. like it. It sounds like it. Um, do you have anything else on the calendar this year or was that it or? 
No, yeah, I got a few things. So I'm going to go back for the Mosquito 10 mile here soon. Now oh. that weather, the monsoon season is finally clearing up over in Breckenridge. I'm going to go back and get that tackled. I think I've learned a lot and put a lot of pieces together to where I can make this much smoother, at least. I mean, not only it's going to be easier, but it's going to be smoother. Mm-hmm. And it will be easier because I'll actually eat food this time <laughs> instead, of, <laughs> instead of not eat food for 16 hours. <laughs> uh, so That usually doesn't work out doesn't work out too well usually so i got that on the books and then i've got a few other smaller fkts that i want to go after in colorado um and besides that i'm kind of leaning towards getting ready for my project next year and so for the most of september and october instead of doing max for october again i'm going to do it but instead of going for max word i'm going to go tag as many peaks as i can and make up these big link ups and so as a showcase to present to people and sponsors that might want to find my next year project I'm uh, shooting to do all the 13ers and 14ers in a single year. And that's like, you count the unranked ones, 825 peaks. In Colorado. Yeah. Dang. So I haven't decided if I'm doing the unranked peak list yet or the ranked peak list, which I think the ranked ones are still, it's like 697. Yeah. A lot of peaks. Wow. But like Travis and Nathan and Jason kind of all inspired this. They didn't, you know, make it up for me, but watching them do their massive peak list, I was like, you know, that's what I, I've been trying to figure out what the big project I want to do is. And I'm like, that's, that's the one. That's what mm. I'm going to do. I'm going to do it in Colorado. I'm going to do all of peaks about 13K. And wow. I've already decided this. It's, uh, it's going to be a thing. And so, yeah, for the next couple months, I'm just going to go out tag a bunch of mountains, link them up and kind of just use it as a showcase, you know, six week showcase of how I'll go about next year's project. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, man. Wow. Too big. That sounds epic. Um, supported, I'm guessing. I mean, I've heard, Fully of cra- supported. okay. I've heard of crazy you know, people doing this stuff, self-powered and on a bike and <laughs> yeah, yeah. It'll be fully supported. Yeah. It's like, I'll do days where it's unsupported and I'll be yep. on myself for days yep. at a time, mm-hmm. but you know, the idea is to create these very unique link-ups to whether I'm tagging five peaks or 30 peaks in a single push, whether it's one day or five days in a single push, and then just getting picked up and dropped off to the next trailhead and doing it again and again sure. and again and again until it's finished. And that's yeah. kind of the idea behind it, doing these link-ups that no one's done or not a lot of people have done, you know? Okay. okay. Um, yeah. Have you talked to Andrew Hamilton? No, I need to reach out and see what he thinks about it. I'm sure he's he got some good beta I can get on it. Oh, big time. Big time. He'd be stoked to hear about it. I'm sure he would. He'd be very helpful too. He's a super nice yeah. guy. I've had him on the show a few times. Yeah. Well, dear, that's his, um, his lady. What's it? Yeah. Um, she just set the 24 hour record. Yeah. Yeah. I just had her on as well. Andrea Sanson. Nice. Yeah. That's definitely on the list one of these days. I think I got, I think I figured out how to add one more peak, but okay. I'm not going to tell anybody. Good. Well, keep it secret. So that would be yeah. 14 or 13. Uh, I think she did 12. She did 12. So you would do I 13. Think so. for 13. I don't, I don't want to say it wrong, but I think it was 12. I think, yeah, I think you're right. I know I was talking to them and they're like, there, I think there's a way to squeak in one more. And they they gave me a couple of ideas and uh, yeah, it sounds possible, but it's the ideas I would tell you, you've already heard the ideas. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to keep them to myself. Totally. Totally. <laughs> Go out there and get it, man. That might be um, like a next year thing or the year after. I don't know. We'll yeah. see if someone else can do it before I get around to it, but it's on the list. It. I doubt it. Nobody's going for that. That's once a year. Somebody comes along and tries that. There's not that many crazies out there. (laughs) Exactly. And then you got the guy that just did the self-supported record. I don't know if you saw that. I did. Self-supported. 
And he wasn't from Colorado. Minnesota. Yeah, that's nuts. I, I had a bunch of people send me his record. I'm like, trust me, I've seen it. It's on yeah. the list. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah. speaking of list, um, since you did this 67-hour push and you're a Colorado guy, I've got to ask if Nolan's piques your interest. They are. Uh, it's been on the list for really? three years now. That's really been high on the list. And then Jason presented the double world to me, and I was like, hmm. Let's do this instead. Because yeah. I was going to go for Nolan's this year. I don't uh-huh. think I'm doing it this year again. Like okay. I said last year, I don't think it's going to happen this year. Um, it's on the list, though. It's definitely uh-huh. high up there. It could be a potential mini project inside of my next year's project. You know, there's <laughs> going to be a lot of that. So yeah. that's that's one of the potentials. But it's definitely up there, and I really want to do that. You know, after I did the double whirl, I don't think, you know, Nolan's train is much simpler Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to technicality, really? yeah, it's bigger, it's bigger climbs. Yeah. There's not really a lot of scrambling on the ones. It's That's a lot cool. of straight down a gully or scree know, fields, a lot of talus. trail too. There's a mm-hmm. lot of trail. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Scree fields, talus, and most of the scree fields and talus are loose enough where you can pretty much just bomb down it, um, mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. fast. Yeah. There's a couple sections that are like class three, maybe class four, yeah. but nothing to the extent of the world. Okay. Okay. So I think, I think it's a completely different adventure and I'd be stoked to give it a go. I will give it a go, but just don't know when. For sure. Yeah. Same here. It's been on my list for years. I've made a couple of half-hearted attempts and a couple of serious attempts and I'll get after it one of these years, but it's funny how uh, that would probably just be probably one of my big ones. And you're like, yeah, "Yeah, that'd be like a mini one for me. (laughs) (laughs) Jason was like, well, what if we did an out and back on holy nolans oh shit. I was, I was like, come on like, yo man <laughs> <laughs> oh dude oh, that would be insane that would be, be ridiculous insane. huh i know when andrew and his partner andrea did holy nolans it sounded like they decided on holy cross like pretty much last minute they did all yeah. of Nolan's, made it to Massive, and they're like, well, it's only it's only 30 miles away or whatever, 20 miles yeah. away, and then they just decided Might to go well. for it. Might as well. Yeah. yeah which, what else are we going to do? <laughs> oh, my God. But a double yeah. of that, that's, uh, yeah, I don't even want to think about that. I just don't know how fun that sounds to me. No, no. <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> the world is super fun because it's hands-on, like we're scrambling and having a good time. Like, yeah, uh, yeah I don't know. At a it's certain a point, beast. yeah, at, you're right. I don't think it'd be fun anymore. I, yeah. know, I had a buddy who was talking about doing a double Nolans at one point, and I'm just like, I don't know. Good luck. I don't know. It's yeah. pretty insane. <laughs> you fucking do it, man. You're yeah. the guy for uh, sure. You, for but... sure. Yeah. Let me know how it goes. I, I'm yeah. not going to be with you. <laughs> yeah, for <laughs> uh, sure. Cool, man. Well, yeah. Congrats on the double world. That's freaking insane. And hey, thanks, dude, dude, I'll. Awesome. I'll definitely be keeping an eye on you because uh, I, I want to see what's going on the rest of the year and next year, especially I'm pretty, for sure. and, and I'd love to, to dive in and be part of that crew or part of the Pacers, especially when you're up Would in love the, to. up in this area, man. Uh, I'd yeah, love man. to dive in. So keep Would me definitely posted. love to have you out there. Definitely. All right. Well, keep me posted, man. I'd, I'd love to make that happen. And uh, let's do it. But yeah, congrats, dude. What an epic journey. And uh, it sounds like this is just like a warm up for the other stuff that's coming up there's more there's more to come there's it's more. the beginning yeah it's yeah. definitely the beginning cool. um, super stoked on it thanks again man it was great chatting with you adam really enjoy Likewise. it just like last time you know so For sure Anytime, keep the relationship dude. going absolutely 100 percent. great yes, talking sir. to you dude all right man okay. have a great day we'll see you You as well brother thanks brother see ya bye
I hope you enjoyed the show. If you like what we are doing at Big Things Crewing, or you enjoy the podcast, please consider donating to us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash do big things is where you can drop a dollar in the hat, so to speak. I'd like to thank our loyal Patreon subscribers. Without you guys, this isn't possible. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. I'd like to thank our sponsors. First of all, Exoskin. Their running apparel keeps you comfortable in absolutely any condition. Say goodbye to chafing and blisters. Check them out. Exoskin.us. Use our discount code, capital BTC, for 15% off. I also want to tell you guys real quick about Bigger Than the Trail. Bigger Than the Trail is a 501c3 tax-exempt organization that is using trail running as a platform to advocate for mental health. If you've ever thought about getting therapy but aren't in the position where you can afford it or you don't have insurance, Bigger Than the Trail offers you free therapy for three months. Yes, you got it. I said it. You heard it right. I couldn't love what these guys are doing more. I signed up for it. It was quick. It was easy. Within 48 hours, I had a a therapist that met all my pre-requirements. It was all matched up with me and met my personal criteria. And I met with her every week for, I don't know, a couple months. And, uh, you know, I, I, I met with her until I felt a little bit better. And, uh, you know, I'm trying this thing. You guys should try this thing. And, you know, we can all do it together. Look up Bigger Than the Trail. Sign up for the services, and let's do the small things in life that eventually lead us to doing the big things. Let them know we sent you. Also, we want to thank Alter Ego Running. They make premium performance hats. Everyone needs a good lid or two when you're out running on an epic adventure. Uh, These hats should be your go-to on everyday runs, epic adventures, and just cruising around town. Check out Alter Ego Running. Use our promo code, capital all caps, do big things, and that's for 20% off. Last but not least, this podcast is brought to you by Athletic Brewing, the finest non-alcoholic craft beer in the market. Check out athleticbrewing.com and use my discount code, McRobertsA20, all caps, for 20% off the finest non-alcoholic beer around. Enjoy the taste without the hangover. Remember, guys, life is short. Do big things, baby. Pedro, take us for a run.